this. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. We, we recording. All right. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. <sighs> All right, guys. Welcome to the Challenge Fandom Podcast. I'm Rick Hayes. I'm sitting here next to Karina Hayes. This is a breakdown of episode. What was that? Nine? Yeah, episode nine. It was called... The War. It was a war. I liked it. It was the start of the war. I was so excited for this one. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it was really good. I enjoyed it. It was what we've all been waiting for, you know, myself and everybody else included, was the fact that we're finally getting to see the vets go after each other. Um, So before we get into, you know, all the spicy stuff, let's just go ahead and start right in with the daily which was basically the teams having to go down into a mud pit and collect bombs, which were volleyballs. Can we just call them balls? Because it was just, yeah, they were they were volleyballs or soccer balls, something like that. I don't I don't know, but yeah, can we just call them balls, guys? Okay. Because it, it was really fun saying you know oh look Casey's throwing Nani's blue balls everywhere. <laughs> That's so much more fun to say. Like let's just call it what it is, guys. Yeah, I mean. Nobody wants to say they're throwing their bombs around. Stupid. But uh, it was a really great daily. Um, Lots of physical contact, you know, still keeping with the theme. I mean, I give them credit for this is sticking with that theme of you're going to gather something and eventually a bomb's going to go off. (laughs) They are consistent, you know, and that's, I mean, I guess you got to give them that. Yeah, absolutely. So who was a... the person or, or the couple of uh, teams that stuck out to you that kind of shined in this competition. Honestly, uh, one of the big ones for me was Big T and who's her partner? Nelson, right? Yeah, Big T and Nelson. Um, that one really stuck out to me because, man, B- Big T, she went in, she killed it, dude. They made it through the first round. And then, uh, you know, she went down and she got that ball for the third round or the second round there, taking it away from Casey. And I know she had a little bit of help from Amber when, you know, Amber straddled Casey and then made sure to make that clear to Nani in her confessional, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, I was really surprised by Big T in that one. And, you know, I was also really surprised by uh, Ed because, you know, he was down in there. He was getting in with the big boys. He was trying to take on CT. And so, you know, you just kind of got to give him credit for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it was great when it finally boiled down to the last, what, five or six guys fighting over that one ball. And you had, what, Josh, Corey, Jeremiah. uh, Who else was there? CT, Kyle. And... Corey definitely went with the hit stick on Josh, but it was, you know, the physical contact, them hitting each other. It was really awesome to see. Um, I, uh, I wasn't surprised to see CT kind of staying on the back and being like, no, this isn't really my kind of daily to go after. I think Josh took it a, a bit too personally what happened down there, but super, super obvious what Corey did with throwing the ball to Jeremiah I mean, why don't you just tell everybody verbally what you're doing? Yeah, he he may as well have just, you know, had it written in the sky at that point. Uh, I'm not really sure why he made that decision. And I mean, I get, you know, and we'll get into it when we get into the deliberation. I I get his 
reasoning that he's giving everybody, but I don't think that that's what it was in that moment. I think he saw Jeremiah, who he knows that he's working with and is like cool with him. And so he was just like, hey, this works for me too. You know, which I mean, I can't really blame him for. I I do think that Josh overreacted a bit. You know, at this point, the vet alliance is over. And, you know, everybody, not just Josh, but everybody has been protecting everybody this entire season. So, you know, that alliance is and that agreement is over at this point. So you can't expect everybody to keep you safe, not to mention the fact that Corey and Bettina were already in trouble. You know what I mean? Like multiple people were talking about them. And if we're seeing that many different people talk about them, then it's happening even more than what we're being shown. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of one of those situations where it's like Josh was just way overboard in that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, let's give kudos to Corey for the line of the night that, you know, come on, man, we're not playing patty cake. You know, that was actually probably one of my favorite parts uh, during that. You know, the battle, uh, as it dwindled down, was kind of plain to see what was going to happen, that once you got down to the silver ball in the last round, there was only three teams that a deal was going to be made. I thought it was really funny that Ed agreed with Logan about taking the deal and kind of just gave him the ball. And then Nelson tackled Logan, and you know they went back and forth. And Logan goes, "Hey, if you want to be safe, you got to let me go. You can't go against me." <laughs> and so Nelson tackles Ed, who doesn't have the ball for no reason, is just standing there watching it. But you know, nonetheless, it was great TV. <laughs> that was that was really funny. I did notice that, and I kept thinking to myself, "I was like, Nelson, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, come on, like it's." clear it's clear as day that you just made a deal down there so like why even bother tackling Ed at that point it's just (laughs) it was so silly you know and I mean it's kind of like the the situation with uh Casey you know she was she was gathering Nani's balls and throwing them over to Nani's side before she even went after her own and I thought that that was a little bit like okay, come on. Like you got to at some point, you know, play for yourself and for your partner and not for the partner you take to bed at night. Well, nonetheless, I think they look at it as if one wins it, the other's winning it, you know, at this point, especially knowing what we know now about their relationship, seeing it still going on on social media after the show. So, uh, you know, 2020 hindsight with that, but nonetheless, it was it was still a good daily. Um, I enjoyed it. It's a lot more viewer-friendly than the last couple dailies have been, um, which I enjoyed. Thank God there wasn't a puzzle. You know, you had to defuse something. No, just grab the balls, put them in a the cylinder, the end. And, you know, the simplicity of it was gorgeous. I agree. I agree. And I think that that's something, you know, that's part of the balance that they're missing is that, they want to do more and they want to do bigger and they want to do, you know, and I get it. I get that they want to expand and everything. But at the same time, you kind of have to try to find a way to keep what the challenge is about, you know, and part of that is the simplicity in it. And so I really liked that, you know, there wasn't any crazy instructions. When TJ explained how to play the game, it was straightforward. This is what you need to do. 
and get it fucking done. You know, there wasn't 10 different steps and you got to do this and then run over here to be able to do that and then go over here and push this button and then pull that rope and, you know, all of this crazy stuff just to set off some bomb five miles down the road. Like, okay, great, fine. You know, this was something where, you know, like I said, TJ explained it. That was it. Go. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, the simplicity of it, it reminded me of kind of older challenges and, you know, at times that's really just what we want to see is just a simple challenge that is a lot of physical contact and endurance. And you get that in a mud pit with a hill and people run around trying to murder each other, which I loved. Well, I mean, yeah. And really, when you think about it, um, what they did, they did three rounds. I'm pretty sure they did three rounds. But I mean, you got to think about it. Each round they have to gather five balls. And there were three teams that did all three of those rounds. Like, that is a lot of freaking work. They climbed up that freaking mud wall and ran through that mud. And we saw how hard it was to run through that mud. You know that their bodies were killing them at the end of that. So that definitely, to me, was like such a great challenge. Because, again, we got the physical side. We got to see a lot of really good endurance and see who could handle it. And I was surprised by a lot of them. Yeah, and... It makes it hard for me to fault Ed for what he did at the end. I know Ashley got pissed about that because she's not working with any of them. So she automatically feels targeted. And that's a whole nother story that we're going to get into. But, you know, at that point, Ed's been doing this for probably what looks like at least 30 minutes. And everybody's going to be dying no matter what your physical conditioning is. So... You know, I don't fault him or Nelson for making that deal. I really give it up to Logan because he was the smart enough one to start making deals and say, no, I'm going to win and stuck with it. So congratulations to Logan for getting another daily win. Uh, so this is his second of the season. First one when first one was what the first daily of the season with Anissa. And now again with Nani just tearing it up with the vets. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, Logan has a lot to offer to the show. And I think we haven't had a chance to see enough of him. You know, we had so many rookies this season that it's kind of hard to focus in on any one of them. But I do hope that, you know, whatever happens with Logan throughout the rest of this season, that we do see him back in the future, because I do think that he he has a really good gameplay and he is sneaky. He is sneaky. And he has little mastermind plans and stuff. And we're just starting to get a little bit of a sneak peek on this because, you know, as we all know, him and Nani ended up winning that daily and throughout the episode had made a couple of different statements about plans that he had. For example, you know, at the beginning of the episode, he had been talking to Big T about how he wanted to go after Corey and Nelson. So, you know, and then later in the episode, he's talking to Nani and they were making their plan right before deliberation. And he lets her know like, hey, let's send the two lovebirds in together. I want to keep love together. And I I was all for it. Speaking of deliberations, kind of diving into it and the social aspect, like you're saying, yeah, Logan's playing a really smart game, but I'm not incredibly surprised with him being from Sur- Survivor, right? Even though Logan uh, playing Survivor in a different country, I think people put him on the sidelines of the original Survivor alliance. But nonetheless, I, he's a smart player and he's really shown it off this episode. The major chunk of the deliberation and after the daily was spent on, you know, Corey throwing the ball to Jeremiah and everybody realizing that he's working with the rookies and then Ashley feeling singled out and getting extremely paranoid 
on the verge of going from millionaire Mitchell to meltdown Mitchell real quick. <laughs> um, even with Josh trying his hardest, you know, I'm going to talk to people. Don't worry. I'm going <laughs> to look out for you. But, you know, Josh is great at that. Uh, his social game, I, in my opinion, is super underrated. And I think he's doing actually a pretty good job this season, as much hate as I may get on that. But, yeah, no, it was it was interesting to watch her really politic. And, and I think watching that whole section where she goes out there and she's talking with Devin and CT and Tori. And I, I'm forgetting who else was out there. Was it Amber that was out there as well? I'm not sure. I thought it was just Devin. Maybe it was Kyle sitting out there with them. Yeah, maybe. But her going out there and kind of explaining where she was coming from and and what was going on in her situation and really pointing out to the fact of, you know, Corey really trying to work both sides of the fence, uh, I think, played to her advantage long term. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's that's the reason that I like Ashley. You know, everybody always talks about her meltdowns and her blow ups and her cry fest and all of that. And you know what? That's fine. And she does. She's extremely dramatic and she has her meltdowns. And the thing about it is that Ashley knows it, you know, and she owns it. But when it comes down to it, you know, for the majority, I know that there have been times where Ashley just couldn't handle things and she stepped away. Like, I think that what was that? Dirty 30? That she had that absolute meltdown over her suitcase. Her luggage. Her luggage missing, and she ended up leaving before the first challenge. You know, and and that's fine. You know, it didn't really seem like she was in the best mental mind frame to even be on the show and be handling everything. So, you know, that's, it is what it is, you know, but when she comes out swinging, dude, she comes out swinging and she came ready when she went to that conversation to have with CT and Devin, she was ready. She wrote her list down. She checked it twice. Like she knew what she was, what she was going there for. And it worked for her. Well, I mean, it's not surprising to see it, especially, well, I guess it is surprising to see because we've seen nothing but rookies in their social game for the last nine episodes. So to see Ashley go up there in politic and show what a reason she's a two-time champ, I mean, like it or not, it is what it is. The girl's good at what she does, and that's a main part of her game, and she played it perfect, and it like I said, it worked out in her benefit in the deliberations because she ended up not being the house vote and she ended up not getting sent down, you know, and getting into deliberations. It, it really did just come down to Corey and Ashley going at it back and forth with the typical insults. Uh, you're a backstabber, you're a backstabber. Well, you stole, you know, $500,000 from my friend Hunter. Your, your friend Hunter said, you know, horrible things, said he'd murder me and my family. You know, we we know, we all know the story, but I thought the really interesting part is once again we get Nelson jumping into the deliberation to voice his opinion on how Corey's his boy and how Amanda saved Hunter and Amanda and blah 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 blah. And it's like, bro, you threw yourself in for Corey and Corey didn't even win. Amanda threw herself in and Ashley won the championship. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was absolutely ridiculous, and I thought that it was kind of ironic because there's been so many situations where Nelson has, you know, talked about how, you know, people need to lay low and mind their business and stay out of things that don't involve them, etc. And yet he was the first person to not only jump into a situation that had nothing to do with him 
and the, the light wasn't even on him or anything at that point. But not only did he jump into that situation, he dragged somebody else in who had nothing to do with it by dragging in Amanda and started a whole nother issue, a whole nother argument with Amanda. And so, you know, it, it's just and these are the little things that I'm just like, come on, Nelson, like. You know better than this. You were just talking in your confessional about how Corey's slipping up and you're recognizing it. And yet here you are doing the same dumb shit. TYB in the house. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> with that being said, yeah. No, look, uh, in my opinion, it there are certain situations where people can show actual true friendship and loyalty in the game and put their friendship before the game. And Amanda and Ashley have done that. And Nelson and Corey have done that. And so it's hard to decide one way or the other. I mean, they were just stupid for having the argument. I mean, really, I think the person that kind of shined to low-key this episode was Nani once again. And maybe it's, like I said, because we've got nothing but like nine episodes of rookie social gameplay. And now we're finally seeing Vets kind of politic. And, you know, Nani played it really close to the chest really close to the chest and you know when she picked amber i was you know i was surprised i thought she was going to go after somebody else i thought she would have taken an easier target and not have to worry about getting blood on her hands and just kept it pushing but it was by far the best episode of the season i kind of expected you know especially after watching the conversations Nani was having with Logan and kind of seeing where Logan was standing. I kind of had a feeling that Amber might be going in with Jeremiah, uh, but it was kind of, I don't want to say sh a shock because I wasn't necessarily shocked, but it was just kind of like, Oh, uh, well, okay. When she did do it. And you know what? I can't really blame her. You know, like she said, Amber smashed her in the final last season. And, you know, like Tori said, you have down there the person who won last season in the female side with Amber. And then you have the male who came in second place down there. So either way, somebody good is going home. A good competitor is going home at that point. Just happened to work out for Nani that Amber was the one who couldn't get the job done. Yeah, I mean, I just, I was, maybe I was just hoping for the backstab of Priscilla, like Nani, just to pull a classic, dirty-ass move, just to set off the war even more. But nonetheless, the war was sparked with her uh, calling in Amber and Jeremiah into that elimination. And, you know, kind of jumping into this elimination, it was, it was a bit painful to watch for about the first, well, actually, the whole fucking time that you watched amber and jeremiah do it i feel you know who the real mvp of this whole thing is jeremiah's back his lower back is the mvp <laughs> god damn oh my god i hope he i hope they have a chiropractor on on staff for him <laughs> like that was horrible like like what was amber thinking like to crouch down like that and just pull him down like i, I think she was trying to create some sort of like like cradle where they could put the puzzle pieces and it would be easier to get it across. That's just my assumption. I don't really know, but it just kind of seemed like she was trying to create like a little shape for the puzzles to just kind of lay in. Unfortunately, it just didn't work that way because that's not how you get across something like that. So here's my thing is I, I think I my guess on this is that she thought doing that would offset the weight enough to keep them balanced. And it probably did for the first three runs. 
But after that, you could see that they just couldn't keep it up. And at that point, you know, Corey and Bettina had finally figured it out after falling every time up there. It was amusing watching them trying to keep that same thing going with her crouched down when it was obviously not working, especially when they could have looked over and watched Corey and Bettina start just murdering them on it and not try to copy it, you know. When all else fails, cheat and look at what everybody else is doing. You know what I mean? Like, shit, dude, if you keep falling, just look at somebody else and see what they're doing because they're obviously doing it better. But nonetheless, I'm talking shit, but I know for a fact that I couldn't do any of the shit they did last Hell night. Hell no. Like, I would have looked at that and broke my ankle just trying to get on that. So... <laughs> Props to both of them. They made it look difficult, but also a lot easier than it probably is. And uh, once again, it was it was just a great episode. I enjoyed it. Unfortunately, you know, uh, Amber and Jeremiah get eliminated. Corey and Bettina with the epic comeback uh, once they figured it out. And Corey was the puzzle master without ever touching the puzzle, which was impressive. Uh, but with that being said, Bettina's showing some some real uh, potential and doing really well uh, in these puzzles. You know, she almost had it figured out uh, last episode, too. But anyways, it was a good uh, elimination. It was a change of pace, something we haven't seen that recently that I can remember at all. And uh, it was a pretty good matchup. So Amber and Jeremiah take off. They lose. And as they're walking away, you know, Corey and Bettina are freaking pumped they're so freaking pumped because they are ready to get new partners right especially Bettina because she's a rookie she wants to take another vet you know she wants to spice things up she wants to make moves and that's understandable but you know unfortunately for both of them TJ is the dirtiest player that this game ever has every single season so he drops the bomb like nobody else can and tells them to go stand back up with the players, with the other challengers or agents or whatever they're called on whatever season and sends them out of there with no answers. And so we have a bunch of teams and then we have a lonely Tori and a lonely Devin. So what's going to happen, man? Is is Tori and are Tori and Devin going to end up getting paired together on this season? God, I am rooting for Dave, Dave, and the Ducks so badly. We need the two Daves together, man. That yeah. that we need them reunited. They actually were worked really well together on Double Asians. So, like, I am here for the two Daves and a Duck team. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's gonna be where it's at. You know, like you said, TJ's the dirtiest player. Drops the cliffhanger right at the end of the episode. So we're all guessing what's gonna happen. I personally think the teams are gonna get locked up now. Yeah, so, you know, so we jump into the preview for next week, and TJ leaves a little cliffhanger on that, too, saying, from now on, and then, you know, obviously we don't see the end of that sentence. We won't see it till next episode. But what I found interesting about that is if you pay attention to that preview, the activities that our challengers are performing in looked very similar to the first daily of the season where they had to go and break the bricks and, you know, get one of their part, get their partner out of the chains. And so it makes me wonder if it's almost going to kind of be like a reset, 
you know, if they're gonna start back over, do that kind of not maybe not the exact same daily, but something similar where they go and they all choose new partners. And then this is it. Or, you know, is this kind of one of those situations where like TJ's like, hey, you're on your own now, you know, you're all individual agents. And it's, you know, everybody for themselves. So I'm leaning more towards their either partners are who they are for the rest of the season or that they're going to have a switch because I feel like if they go individual, they're going to have to change the whole dynamic of the elimination, you know, unless everything is segregated as a guy girl elimination, it's, they're going to have to change too much. So I'm kind of leaning that way, but either way, it's going to make the show more interesting once again. And I'm here for it. I want to see what's going to happen. They always know how to reel me in from a... I think that's just a millennial thing on a side note. The to be continues just hit us a little bit different. We're like, all right, yeah, we'll wait till next week. What's up? (laughs) Absolutely. We're so used to that, you know, and I know that a lot of people don't like the cliffhangers and, you know, a lot of fans don't like the twists and I get it. I get that, you know, again, it kind of takes away from the nostalgia of the show. But, and you know, I'm here for the twists and I think that it makes the season's a little bit more interesting, you know, because at this rate, you can almost kind of piece out, you know, who's going to be sending in who, you know, obviously, it all kind of depends on who wins the dailies. But at the same time, you can see which people are working together and which people aren't. So to just come in and just kind of shake that all up and make it a little bit more unpredictable to me is always like a good thing. So I I don't know. I know the fans don't always like the twist, but myself personally, I'm here for the twist. I love when TJ comes in and shakes things up in the house and with the challengers. And it always makes things more exciting, in my opinion. I Look, I'm all for the twist. Let's just drop the constant you know, diffusing a bomb, bomb going off. We can, we can get past that. We understand this is spies, lies, and allies. You don't have to remind us on every single part of the show. We get it. I, I don't think there's been a single episode yet where a cast member hasn't said the name of the show in an episode. I don't think it's happened. With that being said, I want to touch on a couple different themes that I've been thinking about since we pretty much wrapped up the, the episode. And I'm kind of thinking about how the alliances and the teams are broken down right now. And if you look at this, you know, you've got in the hot sauce alliance, you've got CT, Devin, Tori, Emmy, Kyle, and then I think that's everybody in that one. And then in the Corey alliance, you got Corey, Nelson, Priscilla. They just lost Jeremiah. And... That's about Bettina. Yeah. And that's it. And then you've got Amanda, Ashley and Josh and Josh is somewhat playing with Casey, but Casey's really playing with Nani. I mean, that's the alliance. So if you really kind of look at it, the hot sauce alliance is in a situation right now that I feel like they can kind of run the numbers in the house if they want to, because everything else is so fractured compared to them. I mean, that's, a group of five to six compared to everybody else having three to four, you know, so just thoughts, but obviously in someone winning the agency outside of their group completely screws everything, but just throwing that out there. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm totally here for the hot sauce Alliance. I love all of the people in that Alliance. So it's obviously one of my favorites this season. And I do think that they have, you know, they have it set up pretty well. Because when you break down who's in that, like you said, we've got CT, Devin, Tori, Kyle, Emmy, 
I think that's it, or that's at least what they've shown us. So if anyone from the Hot Sauce Alliance ever hears this and we forgot about you, we're so sorry. This is just what they showed us on screen. So, you know, but those are all solid players and majority vets right alongside with just Emmy, who has proven herself time and time again to be a super solid rookie competitor. So, like, that is a really solid alliance. Whereas, you know, I think that, Ashley, Amanda, Josh kind of thing is almost like a bomb in itself waiting to just kind of blow up because that is a lot of emotion, a lot of ego, and a lot of I'm right and you're wrong, like all in one alliance from a bunch of different people. And that just never works out very well, you know? And then like the other ones, it's just kind of like, you know, we have all these floaters, like we've got Nani and Logan kind of floating around with Casey, but we don't exactly know where they stand because they're not necessarily working with Devin and CT in them, but they're not necessarily working with Josh and they're not necessarily working with Corey. So it's like, you know, they're just kind of floating around out there. And that, you know, kind of same thing goes for Ed. We don't really know where Ed stands other than in the... The middle of the dance floor and in front of the fucking mirror talking and, to himself yeah. <laughs> yeah in front of the mirror talking you game talking himself you know and so i don't know it's 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 gonna be interesting to see how this plays out with so many floaters still kind of lingering around the house i do think when we look back on this season that fessy leaving or you know getting kicked off the show was a real downfall to a potentially game-changing alliance because he was the piece connecting Amanda Ashley to the Big Brother Alliance and still holding the Big Brother Alliance together. You know, so that's five solid competitors. And then you bring in Nani and their partners on that. And there's the numbers in the house right there. But with that being said, he face-palmed, you know, Josh. Josh. I'm sorry, he he love-tapped. I mean, when I say face palmed, I don't mean like he was a Buddhist monk and he put his broke his nose. I mean like he gently pushed his palm against his face to make sure he had enough room to breathe. I mean, but with that being said, I was just kind of thinking about that. That that would have been interesting and just kind of rambling on about different scenarios that could have happened. But you know, it's like what they say: if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. So. We are where we are. And like I said, I think the Hot Sauce Alliance is definitely in a situation to succeed based on the numbers right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. So I think one thing that we do need to bring up that we didn't talk about during the recap and was mentioned a couple times by Ashley is, you know, the kind of significance of what she's trying to achieve, which is becoming... Uh, only the third woman in challenge history to win three championships if she were to win this season or any future seasons. Uh, the other two being Veronica back when, you know, the challenge wasn't even hosted by TJ Lavin. And I'm pretty sure they were all team finals, were they not? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So all of Veronica's, Veronica has three wins. Um, They're all team, they were all team formats and they were all within the first 10 seasons of the show. I mean, and not to take anything away, that's an incredibly... No, not at all. Incredibly impressive run, you know, three championships over a 10-year span, um, regardless if it's team or not, because I'm sure there's quite a few people that were on 
those shows that didn't win those finals and didn't get those championships. Well, and a lot of the times, you know, back then you had the cast was so mixed because there were some people on who were who were competitive. And then there were other people who were here just to kind of, you know, have fun and party and hang out or whatever. And then there were people you could tell were just kind of place fillers. And so, you know, and some of those people would make it to the final just depending on their team. And so, you know, I don't I definitely don't want to take away from anybody's wins just because it's a team final, especially if they contributed to that team winning the final. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the other one we all know is Evelyn. We all know where Evelyn ranks amongst, you know, the in my personal opinion, she's on the Mount Rushmore. Um, and you can make an argument for her to be the greatest or not in either way. And then, you know, adding Ashley to that list, you know, would be fairly impressive and and makes it quite understandable why she was getting so worked up and so nervous and, you know, so paranoid about going in. Uh, with that being said, I don't think this will be the last time we see her get paranoid about going in because this is, you know, Ashley, of course. Oh, yeah. No, we're we're definitely guaranteed to get more meltdowns from Ashley moving forward. I'm pretty sure probably every episode until she does end up getting thrown in. And then if she happens to win and come back to the house... We'll keep getting <laughs> meltdown episodes from Ashley. And, you know, it, it, it's fi- it's fine. I'm I'm fine with it. It gives us entertainment. And, you know, nobody melts down quite like Ashley. So. Ain't that the truth. And to be honest, like, I get it. And everybody has their breaking points. And at least when I hit mine, they're not televised for everybody to see. <laughs> um, but with that being said, pretty significant if she ends up reaching that goal. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I think there is a bit of a vacuum right now with the way casting's been going over the last few years. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing Ashley taking that next step and and really putting in that argument for being one of the greatest of all time. It would be nice to have a female champion who has something that a lot of the other ones don't have, you know, and and that's not to like, you know, compare her to the other champions or anything like that. But just as far as, you know, they'll give us a, a female champion for one or two championships, and then we just never see them again. You know, Jenny West absolutely murdered it on Total Madness. And we just haven't seen her again. And I mean, obviously, we ended up getting her this season. But you know, Bamber killed it in the in the double agents final. And then she was put as an alternate on this season. You know, as much as I may not necessarily be like a huge fan, we haven't seen Cara since War of the Worlds 2. And she's one of the most loved female two-time champs. So it's just, you know, it would be nice to have a female champ that they actually like casting that has the kind of stats and stuff that makes us fans proud. You know, and that kind of moves into like the casting issues and stuff too, you know, and I think that a lot of the fans are feeling it a lot this season. Me personally, I don't mind all of, I don't mind rookies, but there are a lot of rookies this season. And the more that I really think about it, it does kind of affect it because you don't really get a chance to know all these people, right? So for example, we lost Michaela and Renan on episode one. And I was really looking forward to learning more about Michaela, seeing her on this on the show, seeing her in the house and interacting with my, you know, other challengers and stuff like that and just seeing how she would play the game. And unfortunately, you know, we didn't even really get to learn a lot about her because that first episode was just filled with so many different like confessionals and information about different rookies and stuff like this that, you know, we just 
it doesn't need to be that way. You know, and it kind of brings me into, I was reading this, um, this article that I want to say it was E! News wrote with Johnny Bananas about his podcast. And um, he was talking actually recently on his podcast about the episode. And we all know that, you know, he's pretty critical about the show nowadays and how they're casting. And he specifically spelled out, you know, that you're just the problem here is that you're bringing on too many rookies and not enough people that the fans love and already have a relationship with. And so you're bringing all these rookies and you're not giving the fans a chance to even get to know them. So then we don't have any desire to, you know, go follow them or, you know, ask for them to be brought back or like anything like that. There's no incentive for us. You know, I and so I get the argument both ways. I get the argument both ways. And I definitely agree with what Bananas is saying. And I think that plays a major role in the fact that viewership is down this year. But with listening, at, like you said, other podcasts, listening to other podcasts and listening to different producers that have been on the main challenge podcast, the one with Anissa and Tori, they've mentioned that they typically do seasons in you know, groups like they have a whole storyline and you can kind of see that playing out right now with, you know, double agents and spies, lies and uh, allies. Um, it's debatable whether total madness was the first part of that or the end of war of the worlds. I feel like it was the end of the war of the worlds and that's why they were in a bunker. So hopefully, you know, we'll get through this season and next season and I'm really, you know, there's a long roundabout way of getting to this, but I'm really hoping that either here in the next two seasons or wait for season 40 where we get, I hate to put it this way, a real all-star season where the basic uh, requirement to be cast is you've had to at least run one or two finals and front load this season that season with as many champs as you can get. I mean, pay them the extra money. Put up a bigger purse because you're going to make the money on the back end of it as a team, a production team. And, you know, so that way you're you're doing fan service and you're bringing back CT, Bananas, uh, Darrell, Derek, Jordan. Um, if you can pull them, bring Landon back, you know, and a lot of these other different guys. And then at the same time, you're bringing back Kara and all these other people and... Give the fans what they want. That's that's all I got to say. Give us what we want, MTV. Stop playing with our emotions. Give us what we want. Thank you. <laughs> since since you brought him up. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to let Karina edit this part out, but if you can hear it right now, our, our puppy is snoring. And you're going to hear it throughout the episode, and, and we apologize. Um... You're going to hear her moving around in her kennel. We tried to let her out while we recorded, and that was horrible because she was chasing a piece of plastic all around the living room. Yeah, it was terrible. So um, we apologize in advance for that, but right now you might be hearing her snore. So just enjoy the smooth, smooth sounds of Ahsoka. Anyway, like I was saying, since you brought him up, did you hear that Bananas called Landon out? No, what happened? Yeah, on his podcast. Okay, so not like called him out like, you know, like in an aggressive way, but he was talking hold, about... Hold up, hold up. Let me get adjusted. I got to be sitting right. I want to know all the tea. <laughs> Let's hear this. 
So he, I read it in, I read about it in this article. So apparently he was, he was talking about all stars, you know, doing the challenge all stars. You are very close to me right now. (laughs) So he was talking to, he was talking about the challenge all stars and he was like, you know, there's always been this big debate about whether or not Landon could be the GOAT, you know, and he's like, but he only did like two or three seasons. So, you know, I would love if he would actually take the invite and come back and we could settle this once and for all. And I was like, damn, bananas, like tell him like, like how iconic would that be, though? Bananas, Landon, C.T. West, Derek Kay, Darrell. Jordan, like that would be the most iconic season ever. And I think that's what they were going for with Dirty 30. I do think there was a lot of layups in that season and a lot of issues. Some of the people that they brought on and I get it. It's it's hard to it's hard to make something like that happen. Um, but I do think that was kind of the vibe they were going for with Dirty 30. And I think it would just be absolutely epic if they if they were able to get all these amazing players back on one season and just freaking battle it out. And let's solve this. Bring back Turbo. I don't care if you have to yes. bring him uh, in for every daily, like Hannibal Lecter, on like a <laughs> on like a dolly with someone pushing him in a straitjacket and a mask. But bring him back too. <laughs> in my personal opinion, if you get all these guys on one season, let's say the top four: CT, Bananas, Jordan, Landon, I'll make a final. I'm, oh my God, I'm still taking Jordan. I know you are. I'm I, still taking CT. I don't care. You know what? That's going to be a lot closer matchup than it was in Dirty 30 with CT getting... In shape. I was trying to think of the the term, but I know it's not I know it's not dad bod anymore. What is it? Father figure? There we go. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I think it would be a closer matchup, but I still give the edge to Jordan just because the man does triathlons in his spare time. And look... I. I'm not trying to make excuses for myself or anything, um, but I'm fat as shit. And the last thing I want to do is run and swim. Any kind of distance. Yeah, I don't want to run a half marathon <laughs> and then swim for two miles and then bike for 50 like that. No parts of that in one day sounds fun. That sounds like you've got a lot of rashes on your thighs. And, you know, Jordan does this shit for fun. And to me, like... You know, so now you're going to put him into a situation where he has to jump out of a plane, break his fucking leg, and then still run a two-day final and smoke arguably the goat in CT. Now, I know CT was dad dad bod, but nonetheless. CT was dad bod, and, and CT did not get lucky with his partners in that final. Agreed, agreed. and Like, like he pulled... A Camilla, like what Camilla did in Invasions, where like every round she had like the worst partner for that round. That's like what CT did. That is fair. That is fair. But you're the GOAT. You're in a final. Be, you're, okay, you're going okay. against Derek Kay and Jordan. Okay. Let's let's just let's make this realistic. Okay. Real real realistic. At the end of the day, it all depends on what's in the final. If it's purely like endurance, swimming, puzzles. I think it's a really, really close matchup between Jordan and CT. But if you throw in any kind of like eating anything, 
CT just, he takes the edge over literally almost anybody. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, I give CT the nod even over bananas. And I know people are going to come for me and blah, 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 and seven wins, blah, 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 whatever. I truly believe that CT has more to offer overall when you compare him to somebody like bananas. Now, the Jordan argument is a little bit more difficult for me because Jordan is just one of those like, crazy individuals that you just never really know what to expect with him because there's so many times that I was like no fucking way is he going to be able to get this done and then he just absolutely smokes everybody at it so you know what I mean like I it, that's a really hard call for me to make and obviously I have a bias towards CT so obviously that's the direction I'm going to go but like I said at the end of the day To me, it just depends on what is in the final because that makes a huge difference. If there was no eating and double agents, like that whole situation could have been different. And if there was eating in War of the Worlds 1, War of the Worlds 2, you know what I mean? Those situations could have easily been been altered. Like almost any final that involves some kind of eating challenge, like that's the tipping point. You know, you even look at the final reckoning uh that's a weird sentence to say the final reckoning final (laughs) anyway where Ashley and Hunter as a team beat Sylvia and Joss by literally I think they said it was like less than a minute and it was that dang eating challenge because that was where they threw that bomb over and made them eat that extra dessert yeah I mean look in this situation there is no right answer and no matter what we say someone's going to disagree with us and even if I were to say someone other than Jordan and you were to say someone other than CT, then the other people are going to disagree with us. And we all have our opinions on this. With that being said, give us this, give us this season with all these greats, all these champions. And I want to see it on the women's side too. bring back Kara, bring back Laurel. Hell, if you can bring back Evelyn, bring back Rachel, you know, bring back everyone. I know there's a lot of them. Bring back Emily, bring back Jenny, you know, just, stack the season as much as you can bring in cam Uh, i don't know if you can get jordan and tori on the same season i doubt it but in that situation as much as i love tori bye let's get jordan on here (laughs) i i need jordan on this one no disrespect tori we love you literally but we need jordan on the champion season season 40 mtv come on just come on now obviously this is all super hypothetical and just what we would love to see. But this is something I think that we could realistically see something similar to this, just based on how they played the dirty 30 season. And 40 is a big number for a TV show. There's only a few of those that have hit that. And albeit they do two seasons a year, but still nonetheless, 40 is 40. They do typically have two seasons a year. But they didn't start doing that until just recently. And by recently, I don't mean like the last few. But within the last like 10 to 12 seasons, they have just started doing two a year. I mean, regardless, they've been on the air for 23 years now. I think yeah, ridiculous. 98. Yeah, 98. Yeah, right. 98. So I was 12. So uh, that was a long time ago. Um, I vaguely <laughs> remember that. I was probably wearing Jinko jeans, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, I think that pretty much covers everything I wanted to talk about tonight. What about you? 
Yeah, no, I think that does it. Um, you know, we've got the next episode of the challenge coming out tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys watch it and then make sure you guys tune in next Tuesday for the recap. And I'm sure that we will have more of the team on then and probably not Ahsoka's claws featured in the background. <laughs> Sorry. So make sure you guys tune in next Tuesday. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.